Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. When we think of nature study, sometimes we think of it as a one and done thing. Yeah, I went there and I noticed that, now I'm done. But there are some long-term nature studies that can be so interesting and beneficial. Here to join me and talk about that today is Karen Smith. Karen, we were discussing this recently about how you noticed some changes around you or even created those changes yourself and noticed that as a long-term nature study opportunity. Yes. I noticed this as an opportunity to study nature and what's going to happen over a certain amount of time or an indefinite amount of time, yeah. as some cases may be. So two examples. Okay. Several years ago, probably more than 15 years ago, we had a tree cut down that was growing right next to our fence. And the tree service left a four-foot stump. And I recognize that as an opportunity to watch a stump decay over years. Wow. We've all walked through the woods and we see a decaying stump. Yes. But how many of us have had the opportunity to watch it from start to finish? And so I've been observing this stump and what happens to it over all those years. That is so good because... In my mind, it would be like I was watching the tree, I was learning about the leaves and all the living things, and then once it gets cut down, okay, that opportunity is gone, move on. Yeah, but nature but continues. More. Yes. And so, you know, in the case of that stump, insects move in, woodpeckers come to get the insects, the bark falls off, there's cavities that have been formed within just a natural decay in the woodpeckers and other birds have checked it out as nesting sites and of course chipmunks like to be on top of the stump because it gives them a nice observation platform <laughs> and so you know it just goes on and on and on and that stump is still there it's more decayed but I, I'm still enjoying watching what happens to it. So many opportunities for nature study over Long those term. years. Yes. yes. And another example is I have, you know, a little man-made pond. Yes. And I have a waterfall on it. And one of the things that we struggle with is my pond is not deep enough not to freeze all the way in the wintertime where I live. And if I want to keep my fish alive, I have to come up with a way that they get oxygen the freezing is not the problem, it's the oxygen. And so this year we have put bubblers in the pond to give them that oxygen that they need. But I am watching through this winter to see how the freezing of the water on the pond is different because of the bub bubblers than what it has been in years past without them. So that gives me an opportunity for several months of observation. So. Really, in both of those situations, you were the cause of the change. In those cases, yes. Though sometimes nature can be the cause. Maybe a storm goes through your area and you lose a big branch out of a tree. You might look at the branch and go, oh, I have to clean that up now. But watch where that branch fell off the tree over the next several years and see what changes there are. What does the tree do to heal itself? Mm. Or do insects move in and you attract woodpeckers and other creatures because of it? What happens? 
That's your curiosity. What's going to happen? And you can watch to find the answers. Long-term nature study. What are some other things that we can do to encourage those long-term observation opportunities? Anytime you make a change to your environment or notice a change in your environment, maybe it's your yard, maybe it's your neighborhood, maybe it's a park that you like to go and do your nature walks at. There could be something that changes there because of a storm or maybe they're doing... um, In my area, we have forest preserves that they're turning back into prairies, which always confuses me. But but those are changes that are happening that you can watch over time. In your own yard, maybe you want to plant a new tree. If you plant an evergreen tree, does that change what birds come to your bird feeder? If you plant a deciduous tree... Does that make any changes in your yard besides the fact that now you'll have to rake leaves? But there's still that. You're going to observe this tree. You could plant a patch of wildflowers and not only watch the growth of those plants, but what insects do they attract? Do they attract any birds? So there's all kinds of things that you can do. Milkweed is one of my favorites. Many people know that the monarch butterfly uses the milkweed. That's what the caterpillars eat. But if you plant milkweed, you can watch that plant grow. You can discover how it flowers, Mm -hmm. how it makes its pods, the scent of those flowers, which can be surprising. I won't give it away. (laughs) No spoilers. (laughs) And the number of insects that use that milkweed as a home. It's its own habitat, one milkweed plant. And, and you, you can do that just in your own yard. Yes. And, and it'll be something that you will watch all summer long. Wow. And it's, it's remarkable how many different insects will use that plant. And now, you mentioned bird feeders. Mm-hmm. Are there changes we can make with our bird feeders or bird... Certainly. Services. <laughs> um, you can you can try different types of feeders. So, for instance, I have what would be called a tray feeder or a platform feeder. I also have a feeder that some birds cannot cling to. It's it's just a mesh ball. I put food in that, and I have one that is just um, for peanuts. And so, only certain types of birds can use some of those feeders. The tray feeder is free for anybody, the squirrels, the chipmunks, any bird that wants to come to it. And so if you have just one type of feeder, try adding another type and seeing if that makes a difference to what birds come to your yard. Another thing you can do is add water of some sort. Either buy a bird bath or make your own. I have several. I have, you know, the traditional one you can buy at the store. And the birds like that. But I also have just the, you know, the trays you put underneath plant pots to catch yes. the, the water. Yes. I have one of those. It's shallower than the bird bath. And so even just that difference, what birds use the traditional bird bath and which birds use that shallower dish? I also have a pond with a waterfall. If you can add a bubbler or even some sort of a drip on your 
bird bath dripping water into it. Does that sound of moving water attract other birds? That's something you can study long term. And they're not going to flock there immediately. You might have to wait years to bring in some of those other birds. So this is an exercise but in patience as well as it observation. Can be, yes. So those are examples of things that you can do. I love these examples with the birds and the trees and the milkweed and the wildflowers. Any other ideas? You can do just sunflowers if you want to. And those, those, that particular flower, you're going to attract different bees, different flies. And when the seeds are ready, birds. Certain birds, some of them get so excited about that type of flower, they know it's going to produce the seeds for them, and they will be there before it's ready looking for them. <laughs> Standing in so, line. <laughs> yes. Particularly if you, if you make a habit of planting sunflowers or other flowers that go to seed that birds like, like coneflowers and that type of thing. And they will be there waiting and being attracted to that. So it takes, takes some time, but once they find you, they're there. <laughs> so it sounds like we can make um, these changes in our environment and then observe over weeks and months. And sometimes years. Sometimes years even. But the idea is to keep your radar up yes. and not just notice the changes that are happening, but any change you make think through, what might I be looking for here? Yes. And you might not know. Yeah, that's true. But you can observe it just to find out what happens. You don't have to know, oh, that tree branch fell out. I know this, that, and the other thing is going to happen. You might say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm curious to find out, and I'm going to watch. And I think that's the key, and being, that's, yeah. being curious and willing to watch to find out what happens. I love that. Great ideas. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.